Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. You want new inventory? Plenty of it. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Yeah, great stuff. Pre-owned inventory. Eh, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's more your bag. Okay, I got it. You know, in other words, you, you prefer something like that. Or maybe your budget's saying, eh, maybe it's the best time for a pre-owned. Well, they've got the best selection anywhere. Tremendous. And... A great service department to back it up. Remember, service isn't just like major repairs. Service is a lot of routine stuff, and they do a great job. It really keeps the life of that investment going. All of Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. All right, uh, let's get to the play-by-play call of the day. Patrick Mahomes on the run. 18-yard line. Mahomes again stepping up into a void in the pocket. Holds the ball in his right hand. He will scramble. He stops. Now turns around trying to stay in bounds and thrusts forward. He is close to a first down. Where are they going to mark this? They're going to mark him close to a first down. They're going to mark it. It's going to have to be measured. Mahomes stopped, started, stopped, started, and thrust. Very similar to the Houston playoff game. I was on that sideline play, and I thought he was going to go out of bounds. And then suddenly he said, no, I'm not... And he dives ahead on a play like that. It's interesting watching Kyler Murray play. We're going to get to Neil Kulong here in a moment. Watching Kyler Murray play, he he has great acceleration. You feel like he's at top speed in two steps. And obviously, being a former baseball player, he slides. He's smart. Really, really smart about how he does this. But as a viewer, I'm sitting there like, okay, he'll be running. All right, when's he going to slide? I don't mind him going out of bounds, but as a viewer, looking for the entertainment part of it, another slide. So it's the hook slide thing is, is unless it's your team, is very anticlimactic. That about sums it up, yeah, because you're like, don't get hurt. Right. Very anticlimactic. Now, if it's your team, you don't want your quarterback getting hurt. Slide, slide. You know, okay. If you're just a neutral observer, which is Dallas and Arizona, I don't, really, I don't care who wins. Right? I'm just watching the game just to be entertained by it. Like after the eighth hook slide, you're like, okay, I got it. Hey, if I were that size. I'd be sliding all the time. <laughs> exactly right. He better I'm be. Gonna, I'm not going to take that hit. All right. Let's uh, go to the uh, 18th tee uh, where he's going to give us a little bit of time before uh, swinging away. Neil Coulong. Neil, welcome. 
Yeah, I'm waiting for waiting for the the rain here to pass, the overcast skies. But we're uh, we're finishing up here in 18. Looks like I'll be about far. I'm looking forward to finishing it and getting into some football with you people. Yeah, let's 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 do that. All right. So uh, Steeler defense, which we talked about, comes up big, but they lose Devin Bush in the process. So, what kind of loss is he? How do you how do they go about trying to to replace that? Uh, I don't think you do. I, you, you can't really replace talent like that. And the, the role that they had for him was, to some degree, very specific to him. Um, it, it, he's not blitzing much. They, they haven't blitzed their inside uh, a, a whole lot this season, largely because they can get a huge amount of pass rush from the five that they are sending pretty much every play. Um, it, the, the key to him really is in coverage. He can get down the field. They're able to do more things uh, from a, a versatility standpoint because of the athleticism that he has. Um, that's hard to replace. I don't think an undrafted second-year guy is going to be able to do it. The Robert Spillane, obviously being the, the, the first guy up to uh, fill that spot, uh, he hits. He's, he's king contact courage, and it, he's the kind of guy that he can attack downhill, he can attack what's right in front of him, and you're happy with that to some degree. I mean, it's very similar to kind of the, the, the motif that Vince Williams had when he first came into the league, and he's developed himself into a pretty solid player. They're going to be a little bit weaker with Spillane in there, but – uh, he he plays the game hard. He's really smart. He knows the defense well, and I, I think we saw that uh, in the time that he had against Cleveland. And you hope that you know the arrow can continue to point up for him, and with that, be able to um, make a play or two on the ball. I'm not entirely sure if um, he's all that much of a playmaker, but if they can continue to stop the run the way that they have, they'll be fine. Um, I don't know if they want to look beyond him to do that, but. For me right now, I think they're at least, you know, with the trade deadline being two weeks away, I think they'll at least um, go with him certainly this weekend and see what they can come up with. If they need to make a move beyond that, they will. Why was the de- – I know Mayfield was not very good the other day, but he's also hurt. Why was the defense that much better? Uh, you hate to say this, but I, I, I think there was a certain level of animosity Um you know, in case you didn't notice, there was a thing or two between these two teams fairly recently. Yes, I, I think there was a, a point that the Steelers' defense really wanted to prove. Um, with the amount of money and the amount of uh, time and attention the Browns put into fixing their protection, which I'm pretty sure I talked to you last week about how good it yeah. was, uh, they were they were soft in that game. I mean, it yeah. was it was really um, it, overall they, they they didn't put up nearly as much fight as I thought they were going to. And I, I think some of it had to have been just the, the, you know, the brutal nature of the Steelers' defense. I think top to bottom, they got beat up. They, they, they lost the line of scrimmage badly most of the game. And with that, Pittsburgh really just kind of bullied them into a win. I, I think from a, a protection standpoint, I don't think that Cleveland really uh, stood a chance at all throughout that game. And, and they're, they're going to have to look real hard at the film this week. And try to figure out, you know, what they're trying to do with that. But it, it was a mess. They looked really bad. Pittsburgh just completely dominated them. Um, and this, this is a, an aggressive, um, you know, it, it, ten your years back an attack type of defense. I think that mm-hmm. was the best performance we've seen from it in a long time. They really played well. Uh, getting to your point about Mayfield, yeah, I, I think he was hurt, but I think he was terrified. I mean, really, I hate to say that about a professional, but he he didn't look good at all. He didn't look comfortable. Um, I don't know how much they even really scheme to affect him mentally, but right. he was out of it from the beginning. I'm not yeah. sure how much his injury was on his mind, and I'm not saying that he's weak or anything like that. I just mean that 
uh, if, if he really felt uncomfortable throwing the ball, it was clear to me by certainly by halftime he shouldn't start. I, I think Kevin Stefanski thought that as well. He wasn't ready to play, um, and he he got killed. He got absolutely brutalized um, a, a bunch in that game. I mean, the first interception he threw was probably the worst decision you're going to see a quarterback make. He didn't notice the, the biggest playmaker on the Steelers defense um, not drop back into coverage. He just thought that he was you know further back than he was. It's a huge mistake. And in, in the NFL, that's going to lose the games. And it, yeah. it certainly did on Sunday. Uh, what did the Steelers do to take away the Browns' ground game? It's one thing to talk about Mayfield, but Cleveland couldn't run the ball. No, they couldn't. They, they um, for the most part, I, I goes back to the protection issues that I mentioned. I mean, when I say protection, I don't mean just against the pass. They right. they didn't open up any lanes. Right. Um, they, they hit Hunt pretty hard too. And Terrell Edmonds popped him good. I mean, yeah. I don't know a whole lot of players in the NFL are going to take a shot like that to his shoulder and continue to play. Um, he was out of it fairly early. He wasn't a factor in the game. Um, it, none of the running backs really had anywhere to run until late in the game. Uh, some of that might have been the athleticism of, of Devin Bush not being there. But uh, overall, the Steelers' defensive line just won at, at the point of attack pretty much every snap, um, run or pass. So you put all that together, you're not going to be able to do much on offense. And I think there was a, a sense of resignation on behalf of the Browns, certainly by the end of the game. Um, it, it looked to me, honestly, like it was week 17, and they already knew that their coach got fired. They didn't really care anymore. It, right. it was it was that bad. I mean, that, that really was, was not the type of performance that you would expect to see from a, a professional team in week six. Yet on offense, they look like a professional team. Uh, what do you think? Of, I mean, they haven't had everybody on the offensive line, yet they're still playing at a high level. I mean, this seems like a team that's very tough to keep under 30 points, Neil. It, it, isn't that the weirdest thing in the world? Wasn't it not that long ago when they had the fantasy football all-stars out there, the goal was 30 points a game. It's all they talked about all the time, yeah. and they never did it. And now this team is scoring more points every game than they did in the previous one. Yeah. Um, and, and you're not really sure how, because they're, they're doing it in a variety of different ways. You mentioned the offensive line. Uh, considering the amount of different configurations they've had at this point, and what was you know kind of thought to be, at least for me, uh, a lesser talented team than what they've had in the past, yeah. you, you'd kind of think that uh, they wouldn't be able to get away with what they have been. It's been pretty good. Uh, right away, I had some concerns. I don't think it was a great protection game in terms of, of what they were doing against uh, New York and Denver, but they've come along pretty well. Um, you know, Miles Garrett got a sack, but that was really kind of more of a surrender than anything else. They shut him down for the rest of the game. It's not just Chuck Okafor either. I mean, it's it's a variety of different guys. It's, it's what the quarterback's doing with the ball. It's how guys are picking up blitzers off the edge. They're 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 able to provide the right kind of protection for a game plan that, that's really utilizing what defenses are giving them, keeping it short and maintaining possession, and that can lead to thirty points a game simply by by possession, not screwing up and being able to get the ball in the end zone when you have the opportunity to do it. Uh, it, A a lot of what we've seen to this point is exactly that. Uh, Chase Claypool, uh, at some point you you feel like somebody's going to catch on to his game, but they haven't yet. So what does he do that allows others – to actually be a little because there's so much focus on him because he's the new guy and the new guy's doing just fine. But what's he doing to make other guys better on the other side from him? I think it, it, it's attention probably more than anything else. I mean, let, let's go back through the, the career arc of Chase Claypool right now. What, what we saw from him mostly, uh, a, a nice catch or two in week one, then they put an undrafted rookie 
in single coverage without a safety over the top on him in week two, and he made a great play and a, and a big touchdown. It's been something more and more each week. We've seen more and more from him, and he he's emerging to me in another way that I, I didn't think was going to happen this season as a guy that can run a bunch of different routes, and he can beat you a bunch of different places on the field. I would say this more than anything. It, it, it's, it's a testament to the Steelers as far as identifying the talent and then knowing how to, to put them in a position to succeed. Um, some of that, to me, has to be a strength and conditioning issue with Claypool. He's a lot lighter than he was at Notre Dame. Absolutely. And they, they recognize... I, I said that I said that a couple of weeks ago. And somebody said, really? You think so? I said, look at the tapes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's, you know, I, I don't want to get into these kinds of issues. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but he's got to be 15 pounds lighter than he was. Oh, and you I, see I was going to say 20. I was going to say 20. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And it's the one thing the Steelers won't talk about. They they don't get into those kinds of things. It, it, it really, to me, it really is kind of their secret sauce. They've they've had a lot of players that they've gotten in and toned up in a certain way that they're much more athletic than what we just saw them as in in their previous year of football, whatever team that might have been on. Um, it, with Claypool, to me, my opinion in Notre Dame, I think I've said this a couple times. He wasn't a whole lot different than Miles Boykin in that he's a, a, a battleship. Yep. He's a really big guy that's really hard to stop, but he can't turn. Right. Uh, you're, what you're seeing from Boykin or, he, he from, from now. Claypool, he yeah, can exactly. now. He, They're running reverses with him because yeah, he can cut exactly and go. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not stiff. A, that's exactly it. It, it. When you when you have it, this isn't an offense that's ever done end arounds with their split end before either. I mean, some maybe right. with Martavis Bryant back yeah. that far. But you you have a, a, a guy like James Washington who's a lot smaller. Um, he's, he's a vertical threat. He's fast. He's agile. They weren't even doing it with him. And now you, you give it to Claypool, and you're expecting him to not really be able to, to, to move and shake, and he does. I mean, it, it was an incredibly athletic play, uh, the one that they called him out at the two, uh, diving for the pylon. I thought he was going to score. And it was like they, I, I wouldn't have guessed that he'd be in a position – uh, to be able to play like that in week six. And it, it's it's been a huge benefit to everybody. Keep in mind, he's doing this uh, in Deontay Johnson's role, which is not a role I would have expected him to, to be playing this season. Uh, and Johnson isn't even in there. So they're, they're scoring 30 points a game without the guy they were given the ball 13 times a game to before. Right. And when he comes back, they get all that together. They're, they're you know this this might be more of an offensive team when when it's all said and done. But they're they're putting something together pretty special. I I didn't expect them to be as advanced as they are to this point, but it, it that's what we're seeing. Uh, now they get to the uh, makeup game, and it turns out they're both five and zero because they have the Titans coming up this weekend. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I love the NFL. To me, the NFL needs to make a midseason tweak in the rules, and I'm not kidding about this. Right? If a, if you're in a situation with under five under five minutes to go in a game, under five minutes to go, right? And somebody puts out twelve guys in the field, okay? Which was what Vrabel did. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, the option. Okay, one of the options for the offense should be, yeah, we'll take the penalty in the yards. But because there's under five minutes, we want the option of a 10-second runoff. Yeah, that, that's something they've already done in other areas as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I think this I, I is going to steal it. I think they need to do it. Oh, he's clever. He's yeah. ingenious. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, well, yeah. Guess what? It's, Take away the cleverness. 
Right. I mean, it gets a little bit old hearing the, the genius of, you know, bending the, the spirit of the rules. I mean, you know, good on him for, for coming up with that legendary yeah. ploy and everything. Oh, There's still a lot like, of things that need to happen hey, for that to be worthwhile. Guess, so guess what? that more than anything is why teams don't do it. He happened to do it, and it, it led to a chain reaction of things that, that benefited the team. Um, you know, it, it, I could see it going either way. I think maybe from a math perspective, it might be uh, he did the, the smart thing, but Ten times out of ten, it's not going to work out the way that it, it worked out for him, and it's kind of a nuisance. You know, know. We, we shouldn't be encouraging ways to delay the game more. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to add exactly what you mentioned. Give give the the offending team the the possibility of of either stopping the clock or running ten seconds off it just because like we can't have right. this. It's no, yeah, it's, no, it's the off it's the offense's it's the option. The where for example, they're behind. For example, they put twelve people on the field. Well, I don't want a ten second runoff. It just should be their option depending on what their situation is, because it's obvious he, did it, he does it deliberately. Okay, that's fine. Right. I mean, to me, this is the equivalent of Billy, of Billy Martin, who knew the rules better than anybody, like the infamous pine tar game with George Brett, where he came out and said, I think he's got too much pine tar in his bat, and it took away a home run. Well, eventually they, they gave it back to him. But it's like that ticky-tack kind of stuff, I just have no respect for. I just think that that's one of those, if you've done a better job preparing your team, you wouldn't be in the spot. So so you're you're not that much of a genius in my eyes. No, no. It, it's it's preparing for situations in in such a way that makes it look like you're you're totally committed to the details. And in the end, it, it's cheap. I mean, I, I get it. I'm not against what he did. It's just it, it's going to stop. You know, Let, let's not make him out to be Vince Lombardi simply because of this. I, that, I that's know. all I mean. It, it didn't win them the game. There were a lot of other things they had to do to win the game. But if, if he's that much of a genius, they wouldn't have the ball. A, a team like the Houston Texans wouldn't have the ball in position to be able to beat him at any point in that game anyway. So, you know, that that's good on him for doing it. I, I like Mike Rabel. I think he's a great coach, and, mm-hmm. and Tennessee's a really good team. Yeah. That's going to be a battle this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I, I think too much is made out of one specific thing that well, uh, it, smart it, analysts on the Internet right. like to, to wave it, the flag on and, and act like they discovered something. And part of it because he's now done something in this realm twice because he did in the, in the playoff game with the Patriots, too. That's why it's there's like – Which is great. It, it's against the Patriots. It adds but, to it because it was the Patriots. Everyone seems to approve. Uh, keys to winning this weekend for the Steelers against this group. Uh, they're going to have to stop the run. I mean, playing Tennessee is, is going to live and die by their ability to run the ball, sure. and, and they don't mess around with it. You know, they're, they're doing different things. They're giving you different looks, but they're running the same five concepts. Um, it, it's nothing that the Steelers already in their film prep aren't aren't completely aware of, but that's how good Derrick Henry is. Um, he's not only the what, – what did Mike say today in the press conference? Something to the effect of give Bud Dupree the ball and tackle him. That, that's Derrick Henry, and it, yeah. it's true. Um, he, he runs like an uncaged animal. He's extremely strong, uh, and he's fast. He, he's still one of the faster running backs in the league. Yeah. Um, he's a load. Uh, there, there's a lot to have to account for with him on the field. And you have a quarterback that absolutely loves to throw the ball deep, and they know that. So um, they're smart. They, they've built a very effective scheme in which they can maximize the, the potential of their offense every time they get the ball. And they, they've been very successful to this point. But the, the key is Henry. And with it, I, I think – um, to some degree, for both sides, um, this is going to be the toughest matchup that they'll face all year just because they're, it, it's strength against strength. And I kind of said that about Cleveland last week 
um, more of Cleveland's strength is going to be when Nick Chubb is in there and not, you know, Kareem Hunt. But top to bottom, Derrick Henry presents the type of challenge that nobody else does, and the Steelers' defense it, it basically is completely predicated on stopping the run. So um, it, it's it's going to be a battle. I mean, really, it, it's going to be a fun game to watch, uh, very old-school football between two good teams and two good coaches. So um, I'm looking forward to it, and I think for, for the Steelers, this really is kind of a, a, an announcement game. If they can win that, uh, they're legitimate contenders. Uh, you know, I, if we haven't seen that quite yet, if, if they're able to go on the road and win that game, then we're going to see a lot more of it. It'll be fun. Thanks so much. Hit him straight. Great to have you with us on the show today. Don't forget, Thursday's our high school football roundtable. Last week, we were joined miraculously by the suit. And um, based on the number of times he clicked in to listen to it again, which evidently was a lot, our streaming numbers went way up. We'll come back with more in a moment. What? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Our thanks to Neil Kulon for being on with us. Final half hour coming up here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Those are great lines to have on your lots. And not only that, awesome pre-owned inventory to select from. Great sales staff, great deals to be had, fabulous service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Let's see, speaking at length about Journey Brown today, James Franklin said, this thing isn't decided yet based on the statement we put out and kind of where we're at with everything. This is still to be determined, Franklin said. His leadership on our team is significant. His leadership on our team is needed. His energy, he's been phenomenal. He said, I'll I'll read the statement to be clear again. It says, Journey Brown is being treated for a medical condition discovered during the offseason will potentially, potentially miss the 2020 season. Okay? 
Uh, and so that was his statement. He emphasized potentially twice there. When you look at the depth chart, there are certain elements that will jump out at you. Uh, when you look at the depth chart, I'm not, and let's say it didn't jump out to me, but it will jump out to you. Um, reason being, obviously, I pretty much knew what the depth chart was. But you now, Parker Washington, you were hoping that a couple of the young receivers, maybe a Malik Mega, who's not on the depth chart, uh, nor should he be yet. Um, you know, or a Norvell Black, and he's not on there yet either, uh, or a Keandre Lambert-Smith, or a Parker Washington could make their way onto the depth chart. Remember, Penn State is playing five and six wide receivers. That's why this this whole rigmarole about who starts is... Uh, I don't mean who starts, but I mean um, whenever you read a preseason magazine, and I completely understand your energy and your love for the game that it's June and you want to get a preseason magazine because you love college football. I completely understand where you're coming from. But I've had people over the years ask me, which one do you get? Uh, and I get none of them, except I do get Phil Steele. Why? Because Phil is constantly updating, talking to coaches. He has conversations with them. I mean, he throws his heart and soul into it. That's why we get Phil on the show. In fact, let's get Phil talked about being on the show. I think next week would be a good week to get Phil on the show. Okay? Uh, but you have too often starters returning. Okay. And I never look at it that way. I want to know which guys played significant time of returning. That's what I look at. Starters returning? Irrelevant. Unless it's a unless it's a position where they don't rotate people, quarterback being one. A lot of teams don't rotate offensive linemen, so I'll look at that. But when it comes to the rest of the team, you are rotating wide receivers, you are rotating tight ends, you are rotating running backs, you are ro- rotating defensive linemen, you are rotating linebackers, and you are rotating players in the secondary. Are, uh, uh, do you think Marquise Wilson is inexperienced? He wouldn't be a starter, but is he inexperienced? Three fumble recoveries, two interceptions last year. Seems experienced to me. Jesse Lucetta wouldn't be listed as a returning starter. Played a lot. Actually did start one game. Actually started two games. My apologies, started two games. Because remember, Michael Parsons didn't start the uh, Minnesota game. He didn't start... and. Uh, Jesse started the opener against Idaho because Cam Brown of the targeting call in the Citrus Bowl couldn't start. Ellis Brooks, not a starter. Played a ton last year. Had a big play against Michigan State. Played a lot. Jaquan Brisker, he wouldn't be listed as a starter. 
How much did you see Jaquan Brisker play last year? A lot. Big interception in the Iowa game, big interception in the Michigan State game. Brisker played a lot last year. That's why I don't get into this returning starter thing. David Ellis is not a returning starter for Indiana, but played a ton. He had had 85 yards receiving against Penn State in Beaver Stadium last year, which is his career high. I thought he played pretty well. Not a returning starter. But to me, I look at him and say, yep, he played a lot. Javon Swan. Okay. Stanford. Transfer. Wouldn't be listed as a returning starter, but he's going to play a ton. They like him a lot, too. And that's, you know, it's... uh... That's when I look at look at teams. James said this is the best Indiana team he's seen since he's been the head coach at Penn State. I can tell you it's the best Indiana team I've seen since Penn State joined the Big Ten. They're really good. Is Indiana a great team? Is Indiana potentially a great team? No. But is Indiana a really good team? Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. Ohio State next week is under the category of potentially great team, just to give you a a, a bearing here. Just to give you a bearing. Um, So I think that's that's just an important gauge for you. Panix is good. Left-hander, throws the ball well, runs decently. Scott's a big running back. He's 231 pounds. Did not play against Penn State last year. He was banged up. But he didn't gain 1,000 yards last year either. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. They'll flank him out at times. They'll send him out of the backfield, flank him out. Fillier got hurt during the Penn State game last year. That hurt them. Freifogel stepped up at a career-high 131 yards. And, of course, I mentioned Ellison. This is Miles Marshall. And Hendershot, uh, Penix as a quarterback on the field knows where Hendershot is at all times. And same thing around the goal line, too. Bjornsson, the other tight end. Their secondary, Mullen's the best player they have. Mullen, at corner, may not have a career pick. But he had 13 breakups last year, one of the better in the league. He's just really good. He did a great job on K.J. Hamler last year. Not a good job. He did a great job. And as for Penn State, uh, let's see, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith. You might see a little bit of Theo Johnson. Let's see. I mentioned Holmes and Lee as distinct possibilities at running back, but Kane and Ford are the two leads there. Curtis Jacobs. Uh, Let's see. A newcomer who's not a freshman, but Jair Brown. As a backup safety, he'll get in there. Some redshirt freshmen that are poised to step up and play. Among the redshirt freshmen, let's see, Brenton Strange. 
would definitely be one. Uh, Caden Wallace as a possibility, backup right tackle, but it's possible that Caden Wallace gets in the game. Uh, Hakeem Beeman. Hakeem Beeman, a defensive tackle. You know, the week goes well for him. He's definitely playing. Uh, other redshirt freshmen. Uh, obviously, Joey Porter Jr. starting a corner. Uh, Daquan Hardy. Daquan Hardy is going to get in there. And Ty- Tyler Rudolph may get in there as well. So just a few names to throw out there for you. Um, so, I mean, guys that you haven't seen, really seen before. Yeah, you saw Rudolph for a few plays here. You know, you saw Porter for a few plays there. I mean, so you've seen that, but not for extended period of times. So... Um, Travel. Travel's going to be different. Uh, they'll leave Friday, like they always do. But usually they eat on the plane. They get bags of food on the plane. I know. I've been a beneficiary for years. <laughs> uh, but they're going to eat before they go. Uh, because when they get on the plane, what they don't want is they don't want players on the plane taking the mask off. That's why they don't want them eating on the plane. Okay. Same story in the bus. Get on the bus. Don't take your mask off. Uh, They're staying further away. They are not going to be staying in Bloomington this time. Um, I'm trying to think for us. I know. Let's see. Because, of course, I'm the one that set up the hotel, so I should know this. Uh, Staying in Indy. Staying in Lincoln. This is us now, the radio network. Staying in Ypsilanti and staying in Bridgewater. New Jersey. So, I mean, we're relatively close except for the Indy part, but we have a car, so it's no big deal. In the hotels, they're staying further away, true, because they're trying to get the biggest hotel possible because they need to spread things out. So they need a, you know, a big ballrooms for team meetings. Um, and each player, normally the players double up, but they're all going to have single rooms. And the locker room has to be set up home and away differently. I mean, that puts a lot on Jay Takich and uh, Stuart Carter, who are two great pros, to go with the managerial staff. They've got a lot of work to do with all this. And they have been vital in Penn State's ability to get through this. And I'll mention the other part, too. It's not just the group that travels. You know, because again, you hate to say this. You don't want to it's hard to look at young people and it's hard to look at parents and say that maybe during this time, like to to get through this, there has to be a separation because that's been some of the problem with they're they're finding. It's one thing about when you're not going first. Remember I, I said early in this process back in August when we thought they were still gonna play in September. I said, maybe you want somebody else to go first, just to get a feel for it. Well, now, because a lot of other people have, quote, gone before the Big Ten, you've learned some stuff. Some of the problems I've had have been teams going on the road, meeting up with family members and so forth, and then suddenly they have a problem. 
So you have to be careful with that. You also have to be careful with the group that stays behind. There are going to be 40 to 50 players that can't make the trip. You're only allowed to take 74. There's going to be 40 to 50 players that will not be making the trip. They have to maintain discipline the entire time. And not because, oh, you know, it's, it's you know, the team's not here. I'm just going to go out and have a good time. I don't no, 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 no. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, team's gone, the whole thing. Hey, I got to get a bite to eat. Yeah, I'll go out. Maybe, hey, you know, I got invited out by a couple people. I'll go with them. When you haven't done that for weeks because you've been in the team structure, now you go out and I'll say, uh-oh, and you run into an issue and you and it happened inadvertently. That can happen. And that's why there's so many elements to this that need to be thought of and taken care of. A lot to be taken care of. And uh, I know in a small way, I know what, you know, uh, what's had to be taken care of. I mean, because what, what we're doing, I really have been the one that's really had to take the, take the lead on, okay, let's set up planes. Where are we going? Let's set up hotels. Where are we going? Let's set up rent a car. Where are we going? So I've really had to take the lead on that. That's small. That's small potatoes. That's nothing compared to what James has had to think of the long list. I mean, we've had to think about how we have to set the booth up, and you know how how are we doing? Uh, how are we doing the pregame show? How are we doing the postgame show? Uh, you, know, you know, small stuff. It is small stuff compared to what James has to do, but still stuff we had to think of. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thanks to uh, Moose and Rocco for protecting the Chief from being collateral damage as the soup worked his way into the stadium uh, at Jersey Shore. Uh, what do they have this week? Uh, they have... Uh, let me check feel on like that. I, I forget. I feel, I feel like I asked a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, he's still checking. I mean, does the suit know? Uh, Maybe he doesn't I think know. so, probably. I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, well. Sealens grows on a roll. They're doing fine. They're right in the thick of the playoff race. Uh, Lewisburg's faced a... Lewisburg has faced... What a tough schedule they faced. You know, Montoursville, Southern Columbia. Jeez. They placed, I mean, they've, they've played a tough schedule. Yeah, Sugarlemmy's got Milton at home for the second matchup. Of the year. That's the, the yeah. They beat Milton earlier, fourteen nothing. Yep, 14 that was the only nothing. win of the year. Uh, I mean, huh? Huh? Do it? Uh, do I remember? You do. Yeah, you've been good this year. 
I mean, yeah, I, 14 zilch. I may not know they're playing this week, but I can remember what happened last week, like a month ago. That's good. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, the whole world is, is now jumping on the Parker Washington bandwagon here. He has had an excellent camp. He has earned his spot. And and so is Keandre Lambert-Smith, by the way. Um, but just let him play now, okay? Let him play. Let him play, starting his own track, his own path. Okay? Let's go from there. Except for, like, a handful of you who then took the time to watch a highlight tape on recruiting in which he didn't drop any passes. <laughs> I always love that. Boy, that guy's got a great shot. It's a highlight tape. Are you expecting to miss shots on this highlight tape? <laughs> then they get into camp. You're like, I don't know, you can't shoot. <laughs> it's the same thing with this, but he's he's had an excellent camp. I just got to do it in a game. All right. Then do it in another game, then another game. Yeah. And... <laughs> Jaden Dotton, by the way, is also on that depth chart as a third teamer. Dotton, by the way, has had some good moments in camp. Yes. But uh... <laughs> uh, at least we're talking about that stuff. It could be worse. Could be worse. We're sitting here in late August wondering what the heck is going to happen. Are they going to play in January? Are they going to play in February, March? We're going through the whole thing. And then finally some stuff started to turn. I was on with Mark Packer on the 4th of July on Sirius XM. And he asked me at this point, at this point obviously, you know, we'd, we'd seen a real increase in COVID-19. It had, there had been a resurgence in the country. And uh, <laughs> and so Mark Packer said, do you think they're going to play? And I said, Mark, on this particular day, I said, you know what? I still think they're going to play. Now that I think they're going to open October 24th, no. <laughs> so I got it right, sort of. Great to have you with us on the show today. Ah. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Roots 11 and 15 in Hummelsworth. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.